Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! We're going to be reading from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, and it's the whole chapter, so it'll be verses 1 to 13. If Axe TV can flash it up on the screen, and you can also turn to your Bibles. So why don't we, yeah, start to read together. If you're there, say an amen. Tell me you're alive. Cool. Um, So from verse 1, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They said, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at, People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David, and then Samuel went to Ramah. Okay. So, wow, we've all spread that together. And we are already in December. Isn't it crazy how it's almost the end of the year? Has this year gone quickly for you? Because it has gone very, very quickly for me. And especially the last three months, it has been a very busy, very full, very crazy time. Um, And in preparing for this message, I just didn't even realize that it is almost the end of the year. And it's just made me really look back and reflect uh, just upon the last eight years of my time in my work and even my time in church when we had our 10-year anniversary here. I think you can just look back and just know that God has been good. Um, 
So for those that don't know me, um, my name is Rora, and I work for, for a, a fashion brand called Regina Pio. I work as the head of sales and operations. Um, and yeah, the past three months has been crazy busy. We're actually going to be opening a store this week. This week, we're also going to be doing a three-day photo shoot. And we're meant to be moving studio the following week. So all of that is happening in the space of one week. And how many of us know that this requires a lot of planning? We know that this requires us to think ahead, anticipate timings, liaise with external and internal teams, think ahead and try and problem solve as well, budget planning, researching. I think you all get the picture. You don't need to work in fashion to know you need to plan these things, right? And we all know that this doesn't just happen by chance. You know that meeting a deadline does not just happen on its own. You need to plan and prioritize your time to be able to meet that deadline. And part of planning takes time to reflect on what worked and what didn't work. And this is also the same with God. Nothing with God can just happen on its own. We need to plan and be intentional and include God in our plans. Um, every year, Acts Church has a theme that is shared globally across all the different churches. So from Malaysia uh, to Botswana, so all the different plants that you just saw, we all have a year theme that we all look to. And this year, the theme was God is Able. And for those of us that went to the Acts Getaway, which was last month, uh, Pastor Kenneth expanded on this theme. Um, so it was God is Able, but... It's up to us to say yes to God. Is that right? And now that has been very good. I hope you were blessed if you came to the getaway and maybe you even like caught something from that and you felt inspired to say yes to God. Um, and that's great. But now it's been almost a month since getaway and we are in December. <laughs> what has changed in your life? Is that fire still there? Or are we back in our usual routines and just looking forward to the Christmas holidays? Have we unknowingly slipped into autopilot mode? If you're taking down notes, the title of this message today is Heart Matters. So let's talk about the scripture that I just read, that we just read together in Samuel. So for context, a bit of context for those that don't know who David is or who Samuel is. So Samuel uh, was a prophet. He was a man of God. Um, and in the early chapters of 1 Samuel, you will see that uh, Saul was actually anointed as the first king of Israel. And Saul seemed to have all the qualities of a king, but actually it didn't take long for um, everyone to realize that he is not really a man of God, and Saul's love for the Lord was not genuine. So then the Lord rejected Saul as king of Israel. So now we are in chapter 16, where we just read, and Samuel, you find, was mourning over Saul and the fact that he wasn't uh, fully for God. And of course, it was a very sad and difficult time, but the Lord was already promising a new king for Israel and he was ready to find him. So at the Lord's instruction, Samuel went to the house of Jesse to look for a new king. So Jesse had eight sons, and he proudly introduced 
all the sons except the youngest in front of Samuel. And each time the Lord said no to all of the sons except David. Then we read in verse 7, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In Genesis, it says that we are made in the image of God, and part of our likeness is that we have a heart, and so does God. If you didn't know, the Bible mentions the heart over 900 times in the NKJV Bible or 700 times in the NIV Bible. That's a lot of times. So clearly, the heart is very important to God, but it is something that only he can see. If we turn to Luke 60, uh, sorry, Luke 6, uh, 45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Our hearts reveal so much about ourselves. How we love, who we love, how we speak, and so much more. We know that Samuel was a prophet. And in other words, he was a teacher of God. So he was an important man of God. A man that was close to God. But even he was seeing something else in the other sons that made them think, oh, maybe this is the king, before he even saw David. So what did Samuel see in the other sons before seeing David? Even Jesse, who was David's father, thought that David did not have the qualities of a king, didn't even consider to bring him up in front of Samuel and just left him with the sheep in the field. But God chose David because of his heart. But what does our heart have to do with next year or our plans with God? Today, my points will not be three points of what to do for God, but it's going to be more questions to help us analyze where we are at today and how we can plan to include God more in our future. So the first question that we're going to look at today is, where have you been giving your all? If uh, XTV can just flash up the verse, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Yes, this one. <laughs> so it says, the, so Jesus said, the greatest and most important command is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. If the Bible repeats something, we should pay attention to it. And it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So it's definitely repeated. All... I think we all know what all means. It means whole, entire, total, 100%. No part left out. Okay, for most of us today, we're giving God a few hours of our Sundays to come to church. For those of us that are serving, we came a few hours earlier, and then we have to stay behind a few hours later to take back things to the hub. And let's not also forget a few evenings, maybe during the week, to prepare, to bake, uh, to practice, uh, to prepare the sermon. Um, so, yes, we know that there is time that we need to commit to God. And thank you again to those that are serving. Uh, but then there are the rest of the days, your Mondays to Fridays, where you're either working or you're at uni, uh, you're going about your daily lives. 
Saturdays, maybe it's for chilling with friends, catching up on sleep, you know, doing all the things I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> but naturally, we do not spend all of our time in church. And that is not what God is asking you to do. We're not meant to be spending our, all our days in church. Um, but when we look at all of the things that we're doing, we're at work, at uni, with our friends and our families. God knows that we're living different lives. We're in different situations. We need to work. We need to study. We need to get that degree. We need to earn some money. We need to sleep. We need to eat, cook, clean, do laundry. But when we are looking at all these things, it sounds really busy, doesn't it? But if we're being very truthful and examining our hearts, are we doing all these things with God at the center? If we're not loving God with our all, then we are loving God with just a fraction of our heart. So Samuel and Jesse were easily misled by outward appearance, and so can we. They clearly saw something in all of the other sons that convinced them to be worthy of being king before considering David. We have to also ask ourselves, are we merely keeping up appearances and living a double life? We can outwardly be seen to be doing the right things, but only God knows the truth in our hearts. And it can be very tempting to compartmentalize and put God in a box uh, that we made to fit him. And by the way, it's probably too small if you're doing that. When we, then we have a bigger box for all the other things that we are chasing. Maybe that's a job, more finances, a relationship, success, traveling, all of these other things that we seek to maybe validate ourselves. But are we seeking God first in all these things? Are we letting God in every area of our lives? Or are we only letting him in some parts of our lives? Do we say yes to God only when it's convenient? Or are we happy to let God disrupt our plans? When we serve God, is it just within our comfort zone? Or are you asking God where he wants you to serve, where he wants you to be? When it comes to making decisions, what is leading your heart? Are you seeking God to ask him what does he think or what does he want us to do? Or are we just doing things on autopilot on our own accord? Let's go to Matthew 6. Uh, verse 21, where it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our hearts are where we keep our treasures, desires, and the most intimate parts of ourselves. And it is only between you and God to know the true desires of your heart. Is God the treasure of your heart? Are you clinging to him? Or are you clinging onto other things that bring you comfort? Who or what is leading your heart? We're asking a lot of questions today because this will help you to learn how to give God your all. We are all at various journeys and stages in our lives, so individually giving more of our hearts to God is going to look a little different. But what about loving God with all of your heart instead of just a little bit more? And this is bringing me to my second main question out of 
many questions that I'm asking. Uh, what does loving God with all your heart look like? Maybe you are here today and you know God is your Lord and your Savior. You believe that he died on the cross for you. You believe that he loves you and you're familiar with the stories in the Bible maybe. You have done this church thing for a while now. You have heard the Lord's greatest command, maybe even said it out loud and read it several times. But have you thought about what that requires of us? Wow. Believing God is one thing, but to love him, it means another thing. When you love someone, you want to do everything together. Spend time together, learn about each other. When you're in a relationship with somebody, you want to open yourself up, open yourself to each other, let go of all your insecurities and weaknesses, but you also want to be the best version of yourself to that person. In a similar way, loving God with all our heart requires vulnerability and letting go of our preferences, trusting in him, surrendering to him, knowing that he is all that we need. In Proverbs 3, uh, verses 5 to 6, it says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Trusting and relying on God requires your heart and it requires us to say no to things that draw us away from God, but also saying yes to something that may seem inconvenient, may seem different, may seem difficult, but this is actually drawing us closer to God. We need to be willing to change and quick to repent. Every day, we need to be spending time with God, listening to God, and getting to know God, and in turn, allowing ourselves to be known by God. And maybe that's a strange concept because in the Bible, we know that it says God knows even the number of hairs on your head. But it's a little bit different when you are opening yourself up to God and letting him know what are your struggles, what are your weaknesses, what is something that you want to surrender to him, but maybe you're finding it a bit hard and you're asking him for help. In Jeremiah 29, verse 13, it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When we come to church, are we focusing on God? Or is it just our weekly appointment to bring God our problems and expect him to fix them? When we serve, are we doing it on autopilot or are we serving as a true act of worship? Are our attitudes today bringing a smile to God? Are our attitudes at work bringing a smile to God? Do we fear our bosses more than God? Or do we fear what our friends think about us going to church more than God? I'm not trying to knock anyone down, but these are things I cannot see going on in your heart. This is between you and God and no one else. And loving God does not mean that, with our whole heart, does not mean that life will come without its troubles. We looked at David um, earlier, and this is obviously the beginning of his journey with God. When you read on, David lived a very colorful life, made 
plenty of mistakes and plenty of bad choices, and that all led to consequences. However, he still loved God very much. If you think the Bible is boring, read about David. It's definitely not boring. But today we're not focusing on the mistakes of David. We're focusing on his heart, because ultimately his heart was fully for God, and he is recognized throughout the whole Bible as a man after God's own heart. And because of that, God chose him, and he became a great king of Israel. God does not focus on our past mistakes or our imperfections. He focuses on our hearts. But please don't misunderstand me. This does not mean you can keep making the same mistake over and over again, because knowing that God loves us and God has a great grace doesn't mean that we can keep doing the things that we come back to all the time. Um, and you know what's in your heart. So <laughs> um, if your heart is right for God, know that he will use you despite what you might think about your experiences or you know, all of your insecurities. God will use you because of your heart and not what the world thinks about you. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, says, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Loving God with your all requires involving him in your plans and letting him change them if needed. So whilst we've looked at this, I think we can all come up with a plan. So we're coming to our third point, which is who can you share your plan with? I believe that God wants us to be intentional with our plans and how we involve him in them. We will all maybe be thinking of a New Year's resolution that we will probably give up at the end of January. <laughs> but why don't we instead make a plan for 2023 that involves God? I don't know what your plans are for next year. Maybe it's planning a holiday, changing your job. But are you involving God in any of these plans? Take time to also identify some of your habits that you do not want to bring into the new year. And also identify any areas that you want to commit to God and open yourself more up to God. It could be as simple as waking up earlier to spend more time with God. Or if that's too hard, what about your lunchtime? I hope everybody is awake by lunchtime. <laughs> Stop working through your lunch, and why don't you take that hour to give that to God and rest in Him? Don't let your quiet time with God just be an afterthought. Review where your heart has been in your relationship with God. What about your faith, your heart in serving? Are we currently seeking God in all of these areas, or are we on autopilot? I know it is quite a task for me to ask everyone here to give their whole heart today. But why don't we start by writing at least three things that we can give up to God for 2023? Because when you write it down, it is like a commitment to God. If you just think it in your mind, we just forget about it. And we miss the opportunity to share a testimony. Because I want you to look back next year and look, oh, that is something that I committed to God. And I did it. And next year, the following year, you can continue to do the same thing. Yeah. 
You don't have to write it right now, but before this year ends, before the busyness of Christmas is here, I urge you to really take time to consider how you can give God more of your heart for next year and share it with somebody. Who can you share your plan with? Because we are all friends here. We're not here to police you or catch you out if you've not done your plan. We're here to pray with you, celebrate with you even when you achieve it. So why don't you think of someone to share your plan with today? Reading about Jesse's seven other sons, they all had an opportunity to be used greatly and mightily by God. And in a way, they seemed to have it all. Even their father and Samuel thought they had it. But God searched each of their hearts and rejected all of them because their hearts were not in the right place. Don't let yourself miss an opportunity with God because of your heart. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.